0: Jim Rome Show on CBS Sports Radio.
1: seems to me this time of year you can't talk enough football. Oh, check it out. Bumping in some Christmas cards, holiday cards on CBS Sports Network. I like it. It's not too late. This is our final week that I'm on the air, but we can still get those in. I'll tell you how to do that a little bit later on. Welcome back. Good morning, good afternoon. I'm Jim Rome, as I mentioned. Seems to me this time of year you can't talk enough football, so we're going to talk some more football right now. Telephone number is toll free if you want in. And the lines are ringing, mostly from Steeler fan who's all pissed off. Telephone number is toll free, 1-800-636-8686. As promised, we're joined right now by a former NFL linebacker. He played eight years for the Chargers and the Bills. He was the number 12 pick overall. Out of Maryland in 2005, a three-time Pro Bowler, a two-time All-Pro. He led the NFL in sacks in 06. He was selected to the Chargers 50th anniversary team. He is also a mixed martial arts promoter and owner of Lights Out Extreme Fighting. I'm talking about Sean Merriman. He joins us via Zoom. Sean, what's going on? How are you?
2: Hey, what's up, man? How you doing?
1: Good, dude. Good. So let me start first, Sean. Good to have you back. Let me ask you about the Steelers, or I should say the Chargers, then the Steelers. Brandon Staley fired this week. Many thought that maybe that might happen after last year's playoff collapse. But given the fact, in your opinion, given the fact that he was hired in large part for his defensive prowess, given the talent that he had on that side of the ball, why was he unable to fix that defense?
2: You know, that's, a, you know, the $10 million question, right? Because, you know, outside of last year, you can look at three or four different times this year alone that he probably could have been let go. Um, my problem wasn't the, the problems that they were having on the defense side of the ball. My my problem with him at the, towards the end of his tenure was his un- inability to adjust or didn't want to adjust, you know, uh, firing back off at the reporters and the media after that when they asked, asked him very simple questions. And, and, Jim, look, we've all been there where, We don't want to, you know, answer these questions after a a tough loss or bad performance. And, you know, when you start to fire back off the reporters when they're asking simple questions, by the way, the questions that we all have when we watch the games, and then you fire back off at them in a negative way and tell them not to answer, that's where my issues came in from. So you expect when you have a, a defensive guru or someone that's a defensive coach bringing in, that that's going to be the strong suit of your team. And it just wasn't.
1: Sean Merriman's joining us. No, it was not. Hey, Sean, I've done this a long, long time. And I want to be very careful how I pose this because I'm not that hot take artist. I mean, the worst thing that you can say about an athlete or a team, and you learn this as day one as an athlete, the worst thing you could say about anybody in sports is that they quit. I'm just going to be very careful how I pose this question. If Vegas scores none and then Vegas comes out and drops 63 on you, harsh as it sounds, did any aspect of that Charger team appear to you to lay down or quit?
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. No, no. I mean, I don't think it's another way to put it or answer that question. Yes, they did because as a pro, it is extremely hard to put a sixty-plus point game on you. It is extremely hard as a pro, and I don't care how bad your team is. If you got eleven guys out there fighting on both sides or three phases of the game, it is hard to score sixty-plus points. Now, I'm not saying as as a collective group that guys quit, but I'm saying that if you got eleven guys on the team on the defensive offense there are five to six guys out there that have to not have to want to go out there and win a football game or go that extra mile and put in the effort to win. So, uh, you know, I don't want to lay a a blanketed statement across the whole team, offense, defense, special teams, but to let a team like the Raiders who also wasn't that great of a team score 60-plus points on you, there had to be some quit involved. And that comes. that's a direct answer to – uh to your leader to your head coach your coaching staff or whoever you have that's calling those plays or making those decisions there's a direct answer to say we're not playing for you anymore so yeah i don't i don't think that's a a, a fair unfair assessment to say that you had guys out there that flat out quit.
1: I can appreciate that response. Sean Merriman joining us. So what about Pittsburgh? And I bring this up only because it's been a thing all morning long on the show. Sean, I've got Stewart fans saying, Hey, hey, Rome, listen, you and the national media just don't get it. You've never gotten it. And they're saying things like Mike Tomlin is fraudulent. And I'm saying the guy's never had a losing season, all right? He's never picked in the top 10. He's never had a losing season. I'm not saying that guys aren't starting to tune him out because even the best, the messages go stale. But to call this guy fraudulent and to make it sound like he's some sort of hack and that somebody else would have a lot more success with that team. Like when you look at the Steelers, what do you see?
2: You know, if they decided to move on from Mike Tomlin right now, it would be the biggest mistake they've made in Steelers history. You know, you have somebody, like you just said, a coach. Who hasn't had a losing record since he's been there And sometimes when you When you have a coach there for that long And he's had that much success and that much winning People are quick to move on uh, Because they think there's something else is better out there And I'll, I'll tell you, we all heard the statements that The grass ain't green on the other side And sometimes, you know, when you won And you've been in that situation for so long People are looking like, okay, let's move on But guess what? Who do you move on to? Are you gonna keep? Are you gonna find another coach? who's gonna be there as long as he have and and, and win as many games as he have. And by the way, you make that decision. There's no backtracking. You can't call Mike Tomlin back and say, "Hey, we made a mistake. Can we bring you back in?" No, you're moving on for someone who's been a staple for that organization for a very long time. So, if you are going to decide to move on from Mike Tomlin, you better make you better make sure you make the right move because once you move on from a coach like that, you're not getting him back. And by the way, there's 31 other teams going to be look at, looking at him
1: as well. See, you took the words right out of my mouth. I think that a lot of times fans, they get a little bit entitled, they get impatient, and then they're like, we can do better, we can do better, we can do better. And then when you look at history, you don't generally do better when you run guys like that off. I'm not saying that the message isn't stale, but you can't just, quote, do better. Hey, Sean, really quickly, let me bounce back to the Chargers. Knowing them the way you know them, and knowing the Spanos family the way you know the Spanos family, do you think this time they would take a big swing and spend the money that it would take to get a Bill Belichick or a Jim Harbaugh? Or maybe do you think that's not the right way to go anyway.
2: I think this uh, and there's no slight towards Bill Belichick. There's no slight towards Jim Harbaugh and just their career and what their body of work, what they've done, especially Bill Belichick, because he'll, he's, he'll go down as one of the greatest coaches in the history or, or maybe the greatest coach but people are so fascinated with big names. They're so fascinated, so they when they see the two, two big names there, they think that you just hire these coaches and you're going to win football games. Well, it doesn't work that way. There's a process that's involved in everything that you do, right? So if you have a Jim Harbaugh or a uh, Bill Belichick come in, hey, wh- what's your plans with Justin Herbert? What's your plans with the offense? Who are you bringing in? Who are you letting go? Okay, Khalil Mack's contract's coming up. He has a big cap. Are you moving on from Bosa? Are you mo- so there's, there's a long process that goes in on, um, on, on finding a new head coach. And I'm just not so fascinated with just, okay, these are the big names that are going to come in and start winning football games for us because it just doesn't work that way. And also, I want to I say this. um Because of this team and this roster, they with Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen, and we don't know what's going to happen with Mike Williams and this defense that they have. They got talent. They got names. So the next coach that you bring in, you have to get it right because you, you you know what type of team and roster you have that you're dealing with. And you're not uh, nothing certain that you're going to keep all these guys together for this next three to five years. So whoever you bring in has to know
1: what they're doing right away when they come in with this talented roster. Right, not to mention, you can't afford to keep everybody anyway because Justin Herbert's rookie contract is going to expire, and now he's going to get paid, and should get paid, and will get paid. I mean, Sean, do you have an idea of specifically who you would like to see coach that team, or maybe just the kind of person you'd like to see coach that team? What should they do?
2: You know, look, you, you can't go wrong by at least considering Bill Belichick, Jim Harbaugh, if these guys seriously want to come in and they and they want to, you know, turn things around. Obviously, you know, there's a big price tag. Who's going to control what? What checks are going to be written? Uh, if you're looking outside of those two coaches, I think Dan Quinn. I like Dan Quinn a lot. You know, you, we they brought they brought Brandon Staley in because he's a supposed to be a defensive guru, help the defense out. Because we all know with those talented guys they got on the defense with Derwin James, and all, you know, they got guys there. So you want to bring a defensive minded coach in. Dan Quinn is also now you got you know a couple colleges that come up coming up from, uh, from co- on the co- college level. I think the Washington coach has um, it, been talked about a little bit. There's a couple uh, coordinators. Uh, I think the offensive coordinator for for the Lions there is a good opportunity. So I, I would look at about five or six guys, honestly. Um if you want to exclude Bill Belichick and J- Jim Harbaugh because of just their their names, their uh their history and their coaching uh years and how long their body of work, what they've done. But there's about five or six guys out there that you have to really consider at the coordinating job, two from college, uh, and, and uh, probably three or four guys in the offensive, of defensive coordinators. I uh, currently in the NFL right now.
1: Sean Merriman joining us. Sean, really quickly, what about your other former team, the Bills? I mean, dude, what a wild year it's been. I mean, they look like a Super Bowl contender. They look like they were going to miss the playoffs. They look like they're back to being a contender right now. What's your make on the Bills, and what do you think about what they just did to Dallas? How do they look to you?
2: They look great, but it's it, for you know, with them, it's is which team is going to show up? Right. That's it's always been that the whole entire year is it going to be Josh Allen just throws two or three interceptions? Uh, them you know, them having, you know, not being stable and running the football. Cook last night, that's what this team is made up on. When they're running the ball well, Diggs is going to have a big game. When they're running the ball well, the, the tight end, I know he had a couple drops in the game and whatnot, but when they're running the ball well, so much things, so many things open up for them. Josh Allen not turning the ball over. Nobody, no one can beat them when they're playing that style of football. And, you know, and, and this is this is another black alpha Dallas. You know, every time – you know, Dallas is going to go out and beat the team they should beat, always. But when they face teams that with, would, would, you know, winning records that are really good, they haven't shown a lot of upside in beating those level of teams. You know, and they go, this goes back to the San Francisco 49ers and a few other teams they lost against this year that were good. So, you know, I, I want to give my former Bills all the love and credit in the world. When they show up, I don't think that nobody can beat them. And Dallas hasn't shown also that they can beat a team with a winning record. And somebody that really brings something to the table. So uh, when the Bills are playing well, man, I really don't think that there's many teams other than the Ravens that's going to really give them problems on the AFC side.
1: Yeah, you do not want to run into them when they play like that. Sean Merriman's joining us. Sean, you're still all in on the MMA game. You're running Lights Out Extreme Fighting. When is your next event? What excites you about that upcoming card? What's going on?
2: Yeah, we we got a huge event. Lights Out Extreme Fighting 13 Saturday. Uh, january 6th in long beach california if you guys in, in southern california lights out, is the is uh, how you get your tickets we'll be live on football tv football sports and this is our first women's main event um typically i don't get involved too much in the matchmaking side but once in a while i do when you're pulling off you know bigger fights like this abby montez jackie catalan both of these women are badasses in the sport they're very well known in the mma community uh, it is going to be a brawl. I would not miss this one. Get your tickets again at com if you're in the Long Beach or SoCal area. We'll be live on FUBO TV, FUBO Sports at uh, 6 p.m. Pacific on Saturday, uh, like January 6th.
1: in the LBC. Sean, really quickly, what about the mentality? What's it take to get in the cage as compared to, I mean, like you played one of the most violent games ever. It's a different sport. It's a different breed. It's a different kind of contact and violence. How would you describe MMA or is the mentality it takes to do what they do?
2: Well, just like football, you got to be crazy as hell. (laughs) I think Mm -hmm. um, you know. At the end of the day, uh, one thing I've always loved—I've been around this uh, sport, MMA, for seventeen years—and the uh, just the the rise and how global it is now. We're getting even for us now, man. We're getting fighters reach out to us from all over the country. Um, We're up ninety percent from last fight on Football TV, Football Sports broke another record there. So it's fun for us because uh, I I think that this sport has so much potential. We're going to make some big announcements here with former athletes, former football players, and former NFL guys that's transitioning. We're going to take a few fights uh, with light side extreme fights. So that's going to be fun for us to, uh, you know, just guys looking that want to still compete, They didn't get a, a chance to have a long career in the NFL, that's going to take some fights and put on a showcase for us.
1: Sean, quickly, do they know when you have a former NFLer, right, and they understand discipline, they understand preparation, they understand fundamentals, they understand techniques, but they've never really done it before and they're fans, generally what's it like when they get down there on the mat and they try it for the first time?
2: Well, you know, for one, you don't walk in there with a bunch of pride, right? You know they're starting out, you're, you're just going to be behind the eight ball when it comes to uh, skill level, discipline. These guys have been doing it a lot longer, one thing about former football players, just athletes in general, you're not walking in that cage with two left feet. You know how to work. You're not afraid to work in your discipline. Uh, these guys walking in with explosion and power. They just need to learn how to punch and work on their ground game. But you're going to see a lot of a lot in this next six to 12 months, a lot of former athletes transition into MMA because the money is there, the opportunity is there, the upside is there. And more importantly, you got some guys who just flat out pissed off on how their careers ended. Uh maybe not have another opportunity with a team or organization to say, man, I want to go kick some ass. And and those are typically the, the athletes that we want.
1: Dude, that is so interesting, right? You want that guy with the chip or that gal with the chip on their shoulder. You get right down to it, Sean. How many athletes, high-level athletes, actually go out on their own terms in whatever sport it is? Not that many, right? No,
2: very few. Especially in football. You know, once they come and ask for your playbook, you hand it over and you're in the next fight out of there. And uh that's that's what typically happens. And it happens to all of us, right? We we play the game as long as we have uh, to play the NFL, or any any pro sport like that. It's you got to be it's a privilege, it's an honor. But we all know that one day that comes to an end. And so what happens is a lot of these uh, former athletes struggle with that transition, try to figure out. I have I I got big name guys right now that play the NFL. There's doing jujitsu and Muay Thai and sparring right now that's thinking about taking a fight because these guys are just physically ready to still compete. And so, uh, I, you know, hopefully I can start making those announcements soon. You know, I got to talk to some wives and talk to the family and kind of tell them as everything's going to be good. We, you know, they're going to put out a show, make sure they're safe. But we have some really, really big names that's considering coming coming over to fight uh, for us, the Lights Out Extreme Fight.
1: Interesting. He is a former NFL linebacker. He did play eight years with the Chargers and the Bills. Also a promoter and owner of Lights Out Extreme Fighting, Sean Merriman, my guest. Sean, always good to get caught up, man. Appreciate it. Thanks so much. Good luck with that. You got it, man. Thanks for having me. You got it, Sean. Sean Merriman joining us. I like that. Good, good reaction. Chargers, Steelers, the fight promotion. A lot of former athletes, he said. Their careers have come to an end, and they're pissed off. They're pissed off about how it ended. They need an outlet. They want to compete. They still physically have something to offer. They want to get paid. And he said, we've got some big-name guys that we're looking at right now. All right, when we return, we're still open right now. I didn't get to my other side of the whip. I've got a lot more NFL to get to. Broncos, Steelers also are a possibility. So you want to hit me up 1-800-636-8686 Does your vehicle have over 75,000 miles? Get maximum high mileage engine protection with Syntech Full Synthetic High Mileage Motor Oil formulated for today's engines. Right now at O'Reilly Auto Parts, get 5 quarts of Syntech High Mileage and MicroGuard Select Oil Filter for only 34.99. Limit supply, see store for details. Ask the professional parts people about all the supplies you need for your next oil change. Try Syntec, high mileage exclusively at O'Reilly Auto Parts. You're listening to The Jim Rome Show. to see it. I'm talking about the Christmas cards bumping in. Love to see it. Good looking groups. <laughs> Love to see it. Welcome back. Love all right, so let's it. talk some more football, new topics. I mean, I could ride the sewer topic all the way into the ground, but I'm not going to. Cleveland, how y'all living right now? Though I guess that that's really not the question that I should be asking since I already know the answer. What I don't know is how the hell... Your Browns are doing this right now. How are the Browns 9-5? and We're talking about a team with 14 different guys on IR. Over a quarter of their salary cap is on IR. They lost their superstar running back in week two. They only got six games out of their absurdly overpaid and absurdly creepy QB. And yet, here the bleep they are. Sitting with the five seed with Joe Flacco leading the way. I will. I don't know how he's doing this or how they're doing this, but I know this has not been this fun, this team, in a long time. In fact, they haven't been any fun in a long time. And suddenly, they're one of the better stories in the NFL. Yesterday, they became the only team in the league this season to complete two 10-point fourth-quarter comebacks. Although, admittedly, they did get a pretty major assist yesterday, and admittedly, the Bears played a pretty good game, right up until they dropped the single biggest gift of the entire holiday season, a.k.a. the gift that dropped right into Darnell Moody's hands. Moody's hands on the last play of the game, a gift that would have and should have gifted Chicago their third straight quality win. Let me stop right there. I've seen some teams where guys quit on their coaches. Obviously don't like the coach, don't respect the coach, no longer want to play for the coach. Chicago seemingly is the opposite. These guys are playing for Eberflus. They're trying to save this guy. For some reason, Darnell Mooney turned down the greatest gift of all. It's kind of like that really annoying person at your secret Santa or white elephant party. Darnell, my dude, you are never, and I know you feel badly about this, and my guy, you probably should. You are never, ever going to see a better, cleaner shot at catching a Hail Mary than this. Fields, chased by Garrett, flushed. Looking, sets up, throwing
2: deep. Hail Mary, end zone, deflected, tipped,
0: and intercepted. Almost caught, and then a deflection into the hands of DeAnthony Bell. Darnell Mooney, achingly close to a game winner, and
2: instead the Browns survive. Mooney had it.
1: I promise you, dude, that won't stick to you. People will forget. No, they won't. That could not have been more perfect if my man Justin Fields had run all the way down the field and just handed you the ball. In fact, I would argue it's tougher to drop that ball than it is to catch that ball. That could have been his easiest catch of the entire season. It hit him in a terrible spot. Both hands. Instead, He does everything but catch it. He bobbles it. He kicks it. He falls down. He flails his arms and his legs. And in the end, what he did was he re-gifted that gift right over to the Browns. It's the kind of gift and the kind of break that the Browns never, ever get. It's the kind of karma the Browns never have and frankly, don't deserve after doing that deal with the creep. Apparently, though, the Joe Flacco magic is somehow superseding all that bad karmic debt that the Browns have accumulated. Apparently, all this team really needed was a 38-year-old, soon-to-be 39-year-old Joe Flacco. Again, I've got no idea. Yeah, yeah, I know. The defense is good. Okay. What about the 14 guys on IR? What about the offense getting wiped out completely? I've got no idea how they got here. But they are 9-5. Listen, the Jets' defense is pretty damn good. They're not 9-5. Somehow, with all the crap they've dealt with this year, they have the same record as the defending champs right now. Thanks to the Chiefs getting over on the Hoodman yesterday. You know, you got to love the Patriots being the ultimate get-right game. Well, that's what the Chiefs did. They got right. Sort of, kind of. Sort of, kind of. Then again, the Chiefs or the Patriots are not the ultimate get-right game for Mike Tomlin, right? Back to the Chiefs. I want to say they got right, but they're not still without issues. They have issues. They had to have that game. But that doesn't mean that they got right. They still, to me, don't look quite right. For one, Kadarius Tony still looks exactly like Kadarius Tony, a.k.a. a dude who can't catch the ball and makes gigantic mistakes in gigantic spots. But I'll give him this. Nobody has made bigger mistakes than that dude himself, except for the Chiefs, except for the Chiefs who actually thought they could bring this guy in and have him act and play like a WR1. Now that's a mistake. How absurd is that? Who looked at that guy and said, that's a guy we can count on. There's our our wide receiver one. He'll make everybody forget about the cheetah. Like letting a ball go right through his hands and then tipping it up into the air to make it the easiest INT ever for the Pats defense was a hideous play. You see how pissed Patrick Mahomes was again? Mahomes? Like literally one week after him losing his mind, Kermit loses his mind. Bad optics, bad look, apologizes for it midweek and says, Man, I just, I got to be better than that. Uh, I'm somebody that kids look up to. I can't be like that. Of course, man. Patrick Mahomes is such a good dude. But then Kadarius goes Kadarius again. And although Patrick didn't lose his bleep like he did last week, he made it really clear he was really frustrated. And that that guy can't have that happen. Kadarius. I mean, I would not blame Patrick Mahomes if he never threw the ball that guy's direction ever again. Okay. I wouldn't blame the Chiefs if they made that dude walk home from Foxborough last night. Or left him at the airport. Hey, but don't worry about Kadarius. At least that wasn't your worst moment of the season. At least that wasn't your biggest mistake yet. It was just another hideous mistake from a hideous receiving core that cannot get its act together. And as long as those dudes can't catch the ball, it's hard for me to say that the Chiefs are scarier than the Ravens. I can't make that argument. And yes, Rasheed Rice had another nice game, but don't act like he just solved all of your receiver problems. Because he didn't. The Chiefs picked up a win that they had to have, but they still have issues. I'm not even sure right now the Chiefs are scarier than the Texans. Yeah, I said it. Because damn, does that team play with some heart. Even when they're missing C.J. Stroud, they still managed to pull a major comeback and punk the Houston Oilers. Titans. Rocking the Oilers' unis in Nashville against the visiting Texans was a hell of a power move. Titans... Don't even try to tell us that that was not a gigantic troll job. In fact, it was an awesome troll job until it wasn't. Don't even try and tell us that you weren't trolling the entire city of Houston with that one. And it would have been hilarious. It would have been hilarious had you not blown a 13-0 lead to a Case Keenum-led Texans team. And it actually still is hilarious. It's hilarious because the joke is on you, Tennessee. You really wanted to channel the Oilers with that one. You really wanted to honor the Oilers' legacy. What better way than blowing a game inexplicably to a backup QB? I mean, that was some kind of troll job. That was incredible until it wasn't. Jonathan Grenard basically said you can keep our unis after he got done racking up two and a half sacks and terrorizing Will Levis all day long.
2: <laughs> hey, hey, man, I could have swore those ours, but... At the end of the day, they can wear them. They took a L in it at the end of the day, so uh, we can we can just continue to see who's gonna wear those eventually. If they're gonna pull those out again, I don't know if it's bad luck or whatever, but uh, they're gonna have to see us in two weeks. So we'll see if they got the the white jerseys, the version of those. If they're gonna pull those out, so um, but we'll see, man. Like I'm excited. I was, I was it was a good look for them, but ultimately, like they still gotta come see us. Still gotta play ball. I don't care what uniform you're wearing.
1: ha ha ha! I actually loved it. I loved it from both sides. I mean, the league needs more of that. Life needs more of that. Ha-ha! Uh-huh. But if you're going to do that, you got to back it up. If you're going to do that, you best not blow a lead to Case. Kay- nothing against Case. But you best not blow a lead to Case Keenum. Ha-ha! Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Credit to Case. Credit to Case for leading the Texans to a huge dub and a three-way tie for the AFC South lead. Ha-ha! Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I love it. I love it. Another quarterback I want to give some credit to. Another quarterback that I always give credit to. Ha-ha! <laughs> I'll give you a hint Baker Mayfield. How about this guy going into Lambeau and posting a perfect QBR? I've got one thing to say to that. Ha-ha! They're technically the <laughs> NFC four seed right now. The Bucs.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, when we come back. Keep it up. Keep coming. One bit of reaction going into break. Justin in Albany writes, Rome, moldy Steeler fans. It's a great description. Moldy Steeler fans. We're talking about Mike Tomlin. Isn't any good? Instead of being actual fans, you're a bunch of front-running, crybaby, entitled, little kiss-ass bitches. And they need to look at what the real fact is. Pittsburgh doesn't have a very good core right now. Justin in Albany. (laughs) Right. It's pretty much what I've been trying to say. But you know what though? It's not just exclusive to the Steeler fan base. It's every fan base. Nobody's ever happy. They're not happy unless they're unhappy. Alright, we'll take a short time out. Phone lines are open. Here is your bomb the hour sports update. Here is... E-
0: all
1: right, so the ATP, always on a Monday. Time to answer your question. It's brought to you by O'Reilly Auto Parts. Think O'Reilly Auto Parts. For all of your car care needs, get the parts and service you need fast. From the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Let's see here. At my dad's mayor writes, after a good show, does the XR4 Ti fight over the game mic to take home? Signed, Giannis. No, it just stays right here on the desk. Nobody gets to take it home. There's no honorary mic. I don't give away little mics at the end of the show. You know what we do? We walk out and we get ready for the next show. Hi, Jim. Out of all the voices in the butthole montage, who's your favorite? Mine is Bella's war. Bella's butthole, 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 butthole. butthole. He hashtag that, or she hashtag that. Ask the pros, ATP. All right, so let me think for a minute. I'm not going to just say Bella. There are seven. And I want to try and think of who they all are. If we were to isolate, can you do this, Alvin? Do you have time? Pull one at a time, and let's hear who they are. First one. Butthole. Steve Smith. Next. Butthole. Is that Boo Weekly? Like puckering buttholes? Butthole. Okay. Number three. Butthole. That sounds like Kenny Smith. Can I hear that but one hole. more time? Butthole. Is that Kenny Smith?
2: No, maybe not. I think Kobe Bryant is more uh, uh, of a right. a basketball butthole, so to speak. Love it. A guy who so to you speak.
1: don't want to really piss off. Or really... A basketball butthole. A guy you don't, so to speak. Butthole. A guy you don't want to piss off. That's a great line. Kenny does not get nearly enough credit for that. Kobe is a basketball butthole, like butthole. you want to mess with him. Is that three or four? Here's four. Butthole. Sounds like Jared Allen. Is Butthole. It? Butthole. All right. All right. That's four. Number five. Butthole. Bella. Number six. Butthole. That's Paul's dog. Butthole. Number seven. Butthole. Rex. Rexy. Butthole.
0: Butthole. Butthole.
1: Wow. Butthole. That is Butthole. great Butthole. ATP.
0: Butthole.
1: Butthole. One more time, Albie. Butthole. Butthole. Butthole.
0: Butthole. Butthole.
1: Butthole. That's hard. That's hard. I'm gonna. I'll give you my answer. I want to pull the XR4TI. Alvy, who is your favorite butthole? Alvy goes with Boo Weekly. Tommy's going with Kenny, the Jet. Cindy, of course, goes with Rex. I don't even need to ask the question. I mean, for so me, on brand, Cindy. As long Cindy. as I've been
0: playing, uh, I've never played in wins that strong. I mean, it was... Them last three holes, man, I mean, it made your butthole pucker up.
1: That's boo. One more time, Albie. All of them.
0: Butthole. 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 Butthole.
1: Butthole. 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 It, it comes down to two things. Context and actual sound. Like, I agree with you, Tom. Kenny Smith, to me, is the best in terms of context. Butthole. You See how Boo Weekly talking about it? It makes your butthole pucker up. Butthole. It's pretty strong. Butthole. I'm going to go with the Mamba reference. He's a basketball butthole, man. You don't want to piss him off. I'll go with the Jet. I vote Jet. I think Kobe Bryant is more uh, of a, a basketball butthole,
2: so to speak. A guy who you don't want to really piss off or really get into a magnitude where they really want something, and he's the guy that wants it.
1: Would you believe that's from Romans Burning? He said that to me on Roman's Burning. I love that. Burr, 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 that, that was a great ATP. That was fun. Credit to Alvy on the mix. Okay, that's an example of a original creative ATP. This is an example of what is opposite of an original creative ATP. This one reads, This is an ATP for Cindy. How would you fix mark davis's atrocious excuse for a face personally i would use a razor blade and slice the entire thing off from top to bottom and just start over with a blank canvas then again you're the pro and i'm not so what would you do respectfully v in the fee v you already did that bit if i'm not mistaken i already read that bit stop resending it every time she sits down in the back row her answer is that she would shave his head eliminate the bowl completely I don't know some 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 people can pull off that shave dome and look like a million some not so much I'm not sure he'd be one of those guys that, like, when you think about guys that, like, have shaved domes, that are, like, really handsome, really striking. Cindy, who comes to mind? You know, MJ, really handsome guy. Bob Sala can pull it off. Taking receipts. That's why he didn't need that beard. A guy, Jason Statham's pretty handsome guy. The Rock. My dude Richard Makowitz back in the day. Mac absolutely could pull it off. Mark Davis? Not Probably not. Is that Tommy? Goggins is bald. Man, did you see Patty talking junk to Goggins over the weekend? That was wild. Because he went into the ring with Tony Ferguson. Patty dude I mean I know I know Patty's got a rap but I've never seen anybody run junk at Goggins like that you, you guys see I I can't do it justice and nor do I want to because I'm still a big 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 David Goggins guy R- let's go to the phones quickly we go to Casey in l a Casey what's going on yo what's crackalacking dude what's up dude Dude,
0: KC can rock the ball head too, and the little been rocking that for about ten years. You got to have the right look, though.
1: That's what I'm saying, dude. Right That's what I'm saying. And, keep,
0: and you got to keep it tight, man. You got to keep it tight. Look, dude, I've been a I'm a real Steeler fan. I've been a Steeler fan since the Immaculate Reception. I was a Raylor fan until that day, and then to reinforce my allegiance to the black and gold, my first cousin Robin Cole played OSL. From Keith, from Compton, my Aunt George's son played linebacker for 10 years, got two Super Bowl rigs. So, Steeler fans need to come correct. This is it's not Mike Thomas' fault. This team has no talent. they got about as much talent as a junior college team. We don't have Lamar Jackson at quarterback or Patrick Mahomes or, or anybody like that. Heck, I'd even take a washed-up Ben Roethlisberger at this point. that backstabber. We don't have Neil O'Donnell or Bubby Brister either. And look at all the stuff Mike Tomlin's had to deal with. Wacky Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell and all the stuff he had to deal with with these lame brains in the locker room. And he's always kept it tight and always keeps it real. He says, we got to play better. We got to coach better. We got to be better. This team couldn't win if you had Chuck Noe, Bill Cowher, Mike Tomlin, and Vince Lombardi coaching it. Look, so all you Fake Steeler fans, you keep Mike Tomlin, uh, a.k.a. Omar Epps' name, out your mouth before I come bust you in it. The Steelers don't panic, and they don't change coaches every week like a team in Las Vegas known as the Raiders. The Steelers will be fine, and the rest of you just better jump off the bandwagon. All right, Jim, happy holidays to you and the fam. You and the crew and I'll talk to you next year. Casey bro, right? I
1: want to ask you something real quick. Did you just say did you say that Robin Cole was your first cousin? Yes. Love that, dude. I did not know that about yes. you. That's awesome. Yes. Oh, from Compton, OSL
0: linebacker. He played with the steel
1: curtain. Oh, I know, dude. But I know Robin was, Cole. Of course, you dude. Know. Of course, you man. Of course, course, dude. Of course. I grew up a steeler fan. I know Robin Cole. I mean I don't know Robin Cole, but I know Robin Cole. I used to know that you guys were first cousins. Rack him. Yep. see Casey Casey is the OG of the OGs. Rack him. He also is the first recipient of a golden ticket for Smack Off 30, which he still has. Great phone call. Steeler fan. Steeler fan, I know you know Robin Cole. Unless, like he said, you're just a bandwagon Steeler fan. It's my man right there. Casey in LA. My author, quote unquote, should talk to Casey. Casey will set him straight. Tommy, let's make a note of that. Love, Casey. Like I said, if I had Casey's voice, I would have been in the Hall of Fame 30 years ago. Don't miss See Better Drive Safer Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts with great deals on wiper blades, headlight bulbs, and more. They'll even install your new wiper blades for free. Get ready for shorter days and more nighttime driving. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit O'ReillyAuto.com. That's a good show. Really good show. Good start to the week. My thanks to Frank Schaub. Who also crushed it. He always does. The big head is going to take the points tonight. I'm going to lay the points for the road favorite. Sean Merriman coming in with good energy. Casey in L.A. with a huge call. XR4TI. Tommy doing his thing. Alvy with an unbelievable effort on the butthole montage on the fly. Cindy showing up. Have a great day. See you tomorrow, Ralph.